Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim G.K. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, we're talking to Ann Benacourt. She's a director out in California at two parishes, and she's the director of uh, uh, liturgy and music at one of the parishes. And we're going to talk to her for the next uh, uh, 30 minutes or so, talk about her life, her career, and her music. She also a, another composer and uh, recording artist for OCP. We've been doing a series of OCP uh, Hispanic uh, musicians for the past week and a half, and we can we say the best for last? Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to get you beaten up. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, uh, Anna, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. I guess tell us about your musical journey. Now, how did you get started? Well, um, I could say I've been singing in church music since I was five years old. Um, <laughs> that was about the time when the Spanish choir was formed here at my parish um, in Norwalk. Mm-hmm. My mom was a founding member of the Spanish choir here at the parish, and so, you know, took me by the hand, and as is very common in Hispanic choirs, it's multi-generational. You know, Mm -hmm. people take their kids, and you're singing with mom, and and grandma might be in the choir as well, (laughs) Um, you know, so it's multi-generational. But um, so that's where I got started. I sang with mom um, all that time, and... I was just in awe of the organist because, believe it or not, yes, we sang with with an organ. It wow! Was never, uh, yeah, it was never a, a guitar um, mass or you know accompanied by guitars, but for over 25 years it was organ. <clears throat> um, so I was kind of in awe of of the organist, and um, I just said to my parents, I just want to be like her. You know, I want to be able to play. And and sure enough, I started taking music lessons and. I think I did my first mass maybe when I was about 10, 10 years old, playing playing the organ. I could barely reach the, the organ pedals, but but I did it. Um, so eventually, um, I became the Spanish choir director uh, at about um, age 18 um, or so, and um, you know I had some wonderful mentoring going on there. It just I learned so much with with the Spanish Spanish choir. Um, I think first and foremost, uh, what it is to serve. Um, I learned commitment, uh, what it is to be community and humility, uh, what it is to have a musical ear. I learned the value of a musical ear because many, and I would say all, um, didn't read a note of music, but they were quite musical um, and had that musical gene, so they made beautiful music. Um, I then... um, just kind of ventured into the English side of things at the parish and did the uh, children's choir and eventually became the music director at the parish and was doing all of the choirs, including the contemporary, you know, uh, ensemble, the the teen mass, the handbell choir, the children's, the Spanish. Um, So kind of the gamut. Um, I've had a lot of experience and 
I now am the music or Spanish choir director at the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Angels and I'm thrilled to be there. And as far as OCP, I had some wonderful um, friends, connections that, that I made there. And um, I can tell you the story of kind of how I, I made it there, or how they got to know me. Yeah, I talk too much, Tim. <laughs> no, no. Basically, we're, sharing, we're learning about you. Okay, so basically, um, in 1993, there was a letter that went out. Um, they were looking for um, Latino bilingual young people to form a choir in Los Angeles that would then travel to Denver uh, for World Youth Day, and we were to sing at the Spanish liturgies for, for World Youth Day, and of course, the the final liturgy with the Pope John Paul. Um, so I went through this audition process, and the director of that choir was Steve Grundy. Yeah. And uh, Steve Grundy just basically became um, a wonderful mentor, a wonderful friend to me, and opened so many doors. Um, and, you know, Steve actually did work for OCP uh, for some time. <clears throat> but this is where I got to know uh, Stella. This is where I got to know Rudy and so many other wonderful uh, musicians that, that work for, for OCP. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember the Denver event. So you were the one that uh, did you do the overnight thing? <laughs> oh, we did. Uh, yeah, we were there you know, <laughs> a whole week, it seems like, I think, that we were there. And, we you know, we stayed with host families. That was a lot of fun. Um but we did, and boy, was it ever amazing! Just the feeling yeah, was, you get to, to see that helicopter, you know, pull up, and and you know, you know that the Pope is coming, and wow, I, I've never felt that feeling, and you know, just tears just start, you know, falling down the face. But it's so emotional. Well, hopefully he'll come back and visit us here in the states, and so <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although that was John on. Paul, so so we'll see how uh, you know when when Pope Benedict will come see us. Yeah. Yeah. And your musical journey uh, mm-hmm. at been a young age, you mentioned something really, uh, really cultural. Tell us why that Hispanic choirs are multi-generational. Why grandma, mom, and baby you know is why? in the choir? Well, at least how I see it, I mean, our families are, are tight. Um, family to us is everything, you know, um, and for me, I know that Sunday was, was a family day. We spent the day together, and uh, we go to church together. And so if mom's in the choir, then, you know, I'm going to be in the choir too. Um, Dad was a lector, so we kind of were trained that way, that, you know, we're all involved in some kind of, of ministry at mm-hmm. church. Um, you know, I come from a family of nine, and I'll tell you that oh, wow. we're all still practicing Catholics, all very involved in church, you know. Um, my brother is is in the ensemble at he's our drummer, and my brothers and sisters are you know Eucharistic ministers. And so I mean I think we just kind of got that sense from our parents modeling that that faith and being involved in your church and in the life of the parish is important, and and that's just something that that you do. Um, at at a, at a young age, it doesn't matter how how young you are. You know you're a child of God, and there's always a place for you. Um, so I think that's why I think that the Hispanic culture sees that and values that, you know, all ages. So you're a second generation uh, mm-hmm. Hispanic, and you're within your family with nine kids. Wow. Yes, I'm the youngest. I was the baby. So oh, my gosh, you're the baby. Was, okay. I'm the baby. You got the special <laughs> treatment. You could do no wrong, you know. 
You know, <laughs> that's what my brothers and sisters keep harping me about, that, yes, I could do no wrong, but that's not true, you know. But I was, you know, I'll be very honest with you, I did tag along with my parents everywhere, and um, this is kind of how I fell in love with Mexican music and their folk music, because spent a lot of time, you know, with friends, and that's kind of what they did. They sat around and, you know, pulled out the guitar and sang sang songs. Um, that's how they would spend their time. And, boy, I just so admired that and, and learned a lot from that. So tell us, uh, in, a, in a nutshell, you, you mentioned something important regarding folk music, and you mentioned which is really unique, the organ. How did that play a part of this whole particular culture, did it kind of, in certain traditions, the Catholic Church is really, really diverse. And mm-hmm. you have different dimensions. I mean, you have a conservative church, you have a traditional church, you have traditional, traditional, you have folk, and then you have all these other elements of the Hispanic culture and only comes in. Can you yeah. explain to us what, how many levels or dimensions uh, in the Hispanic cultural when it comes to music, there are. Well, that's a pretty broad question. I think there's a lot of different dimensions, but I think the most popular would be the the guitar as the instrument that would lead, you know, the song in in liturgy. But mm-hmm. the organ is still quite pop- popular. You know, you do go to churches in Mexico and you will find the organ. I know in my parents' hometown, wow. you go to the church in the hometown, and there is the organ, and that is the main instrument. So it wasn't um, uncommon for us to have that. And for me, growing up at, at the parish here, that's what I knew. You know, outside of here, you know, I wasn't too familiar, but all I knew is that we used the organ here, and I know for the English masses, that's all they had to. We had no piano. Um, and, you know, with the Second Vatican Council, when um, the changes came, you know, we started the folk mass, and sure, they used guitar, but yet still we kind of stuck with, with the organ because, well, we had the organist. We we didn't really – occasionally we would um, partner up with a, a neighboring um, parish, and they had a guitar group, you know, and um, – they would come and, and do music with us on guitar, but but that was that was what they did at their church, and we just kind of stuck stuck with the organ. And you know, I would hear from people like saying, you know, we come to St. Linus because of the organ, um, and there's other parishes around that that just have have other instruments, but we kind of like the organ, so this is kind of why we come here. It just kind of reminds us of of the hometown, which is what what they were used to back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the organ? So, I guess that's that's my experience. Wow, windy experience. We're mm-hmm. gonna take a break real quick. We'll be back sure. and uh, talk a little bit about more. We're gonna be back in a moment with Anne Benicart. Thank you. You're listening to the Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. 
To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. Uh We're back with Ann Benacourt. Question real quick. Um, talking about, I've been talking to a lot of OCP uh, composers, which is great. I mean, I uh, really have a great time uh, learning so much about the music and the culture and also about OCP products. Tell us, since you grew up in a church, the Floyd Contel book only been out, what, 25 years. What did you guys do before then? You know, we had a, I think our, our choir director, she was kind of a go-getter, and she really sought out. And she did, I mean, I, I heard Stella's uh, interview, and she was talking about how, you know, they created their own binder. And sure enough, we had that binder with, with wow. words and, and, you know, um, just words. We didn't even have, have chords over it because we left that up to the organist to, to do the music. But we mm-hmm. did have one resource um it wasn't, you know, prior to, to OCP, but, but that was it. And what our choir director would do is she would find, like, I'm dating myself, but she would find uh, albums, records, and um, for music from Spain, and she would say, Can I, this is a great Christmas song. Can you learn it? And she would just play it for me, and I would kind of have to just pick it out on, on the piano, on the organ, and, um, and teach it to them. And they would type out the words, and that's how we learned our new Christmas song for this year, you know, um, because sort resources were so, so limited as far as wow. notated music or anything like that. But basically, yeah, you find you find a recording somewhere and, and you pluck out the notes and, and figure it out yourself. Thank God for the, the gift of, of, of the musical ear. That's why I value that, and I, I say that to choirs all the time. Don't belittle yourself because... You don't read music, as you know, Tim. You know, not too many of our Spanish choirs are, are note readers, mm-hmm. but they do have a wonderful musical ear, and there is great value to that. That's a gift, you know. Um, so I try to encourage them and, you know, keep that up. Of course, learning how to read the notes and, you know, learning to read the music is of exceptional value. And just think how much better you're going to be when you have the note reading down, and you have this tremendous gift of of an, a musical ear. You can be that much better of a you know of a musician with that. So we depended on the ear a whole lot. Wow, it's kind of amazing because you really look at it. You have like the chicken or the egg concept. And every director's face, do you rather have the talented person or the person who reads the music? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and and every single time I think, okay, maybe in this case I need the person to read music, this person I'd rather have the ear. And yeah. it's like the chicken before the egg. You don't know really. If you look at it equally, I prefer the person with the talent that I can move towards and the person That's who can right. read it who's going to give me this sterile environment type taste of music. That's so, true. That's true. But it's just thinking about that whole concept of music itself and had to put your books together. I mean, in other churches, uh, denominations, we have some type of resource, but just to think mm-hmm. about it, you have to collect all your works in a binder. And yeah. how in the world did that happen? I mean, 
as people come into one another, uh, I mean, it's a lot of work to to pull something off a recording. Um, I dread that. I and I do a lot of music. It's uh-huh. like the last option. Like I said, okay, I have oh. nothing else. Exactly. <laughs> and before you know what's I had to funny? spend time at the piano to do that. Exactly. It is. It's a, It's very time consuming, and um, we don't always get it right. And and the the funny thing is too, like you might know a song, and and somebody knows it, so so they're going to teach it to us, and then we just again write down the words, and somebody's just going to teach us this song. This is how it goes. Perhaps they learned it when they were young. And Mm -hmm. um, let's learn this song. And what's funny is that people know it in so many different ways because it's just been handed down, yet it changes from person to person, you know. So um, I know that at OCP they have different, you know, they struggle sometimes with, well, which note is it? Which version are we going to use? You know, some people sing it this way, some people sing it that way. Even when I, you know, use the Floriganto book and I sing, you know, sing a song just as it's notated in the book, people will tell me, oh, I know it a little bit differently. We used to sing it like this, right? That's because mm-hmm. of the way we, we received that music. It was just handed down orally, and as it was handed down, uh, the notes just changed a little bit. And I know that uh, even here at the parish, we have daily mass, and there's um, ladies that sing the communion song is always in Spanish here at the at the parish, even though it's it's an English mass. But they always allow um, for a Spanish communion hymn, and it's unaccompanied um, because the pastor just feels that they're going to sing a little bit better if they're unaccompanied. But the songs that they sing are are songs that that the choir sings, yet they do their little twist on it. It's not exactly as it's you know, sung by the choirs. They just do their own little thing, and that's how they've learned it, because in that community, that's what they've heard over and over again. So they learned mm-hmm. it that way, you know? So that's that's just reality. <laughs> well, the reality is that really good music, you know? Mm-hmm. Let them to take the music to be who they are, and then mm-hmm. versus say, hey, you must do it this particular way. I mean, you, you seem like you accomplish your job by just letting them sing it the way they embraced it and they can pray it. Then versus say, no, exactly. you have you have to be this particular way. So Why fight you accomplish it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it was like reteaching. It. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. tell us about the the traditional component when it comes to um, uh, the expanding culture. Is there a set of hymns that's traditional, traditional like European hymns that's traditional that uh, uh, the expanded culture will know? I think so. I think there are certain hymns that, um, you know, like we would call oldies, oldies but goodies. And, and mm-hmm. you know what? They, they are found in Floriganto, and, and people would know them. Um, these are hymns like I could just say that my mom used to sing when she was a, a child, um, and, and she would bring them. I know, um, for example, I don't have a hymnal in front of me, but I, I know that Altissimo Señor has been around forever. And so many people would know that that tune, um, but there's several in the Floricanto hymnal that that are available to us because I do think it's important for us not to lose those hymns. You know that that people have known forever. Um, our grandmas, you know, and grandma needs to feel uh, included as well, you know, <laughs> in the liturgy. You know, so so we talk so much about um, you know these liturgical judgments and. Uh, you know, musical judgments when when choosing music. You know, who who is your assembly? Who's there? And what's going to make them feel 
at home, you know? So include a variety of styles of music. And, you know, at the cathedral, we do a lot of a lot of hymns because um, it sounds so wonderful on a great big organ. Um, so we definitely, definitely include those things, you know? And we have, for example, um, uh, Escuchen Todos, La Canción de la Alegría, which is uh, Ode to Joy, right? And everybody could sing mm-hmm. that, you know? And it's it's in Spanish, and people know that. Wow. <laughs> now, let's back up for a second because, you know, I just, uh, I've had the, the oldies, baguettes of uh, bilingual music, but are there any songs just like uh, Joyful, Joyful that's in the tradition uh, throughout Floricanto uh, 2 and 3 that was taken from the old European uh, hymns like How Great Thou Art? Are there different versions of that as well? or? Or praise to the Lord. Um, no, I think some of those hymns that are like the old, uh, you know, older Euro- European hymns and Protestant hymns that they've been translated. Um, mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say they're necessarily cultural to to the Hispanic culture. Okay. You know, um, yeah, they, they've been translated. And we've we've kind of used them more recently. Um, for example, I just uh, taught the, the choir, um, All Creatures of Our God and King. O Criaturas del Señor, which is now in, in the Floricanto, at least it's in Floricanto 2. Um, but that wouldn't necessarily be part of, of the culture, right? I think it's important because most of our, especially when we're going to combine liturgies, combine assemblies, um, English-speaking and Spanish-speaking, it's great because that's a tune that the English community knows so well, and now our, our Hispanic community can sing it as well. Um, but no, in in um, for example, cantemos al amor de los amores. That would be a traditional Spanish song mm-hmm. that our Spanish co- community would know, and the English community wouldn't know. But that would okay. be in, in Floricanto. So that that's one of them that kind of comes to mind right now. An, old, an oldie but goodie. Okay. Wow. <laughs> no, we we keep going back towards Spain. Uh, in this whole scenario of all these conversations, kind of tell me, kind of explain to us what the connection is literal, but kind of for the layperson, because everything backs up to Spain. And, and if you look at Spain, uh, even if your new Roman Missal when it's revised, they're trying to go through all the countries, but everything is still going to be based in the formal language from uh, Spain itself. So you have Spain here, you have Mexico, you have the Caribbean. You have South America. How can you, and each culture is slightly different. When we talk Hispanic, is, you know, and you, uh, and the reason I'm saying this is because I know uh, we lumped a lot of things with Africa together, and all the cultures are different. The language, the languages are different. Is it fair to say that everything within the Hispanic culture, if you know, you're from Spain, from Mexico, you're from the Caribbean islands, you're from South America, um, all the cultures, all the, if everything makes sense, is this all the same, or the culture is going to be a lot different, dramatic difference, says so between Mexico and Spain and the Caribbean islands and South America, Are you with the music. As far as music goes? Oh, no, I think, well... Music. Music. I wouldn't say they're all the same at all. Um, I think definitely uh, the musical styles are quite varied. Um, That's the beauty of Floricanto III. 
um, that it includes so many of the different styles of music from different parts of the world, of the Hispanic world. You know, so no, I would definitely say no, we are completely different. I mean, you have your Mexican ranchero, you know, mariachi style music, and then mm-hmm. you have your, you know, Cuban, you know, uh, rhythms and, and all of that Puerto Rican style music, and then your Chileno music from Chile. So no, absolutely not. I, I would not say that we kind of all fall under one umbrella. It's a definitely varied styles, and that's what I love about um OCP has definitely tried to reach out so that really people can connect, right, with with that style mm-hmm. of music. Um, there's that song, uh, Canto de Comunión, which is Salvadoran songs, quite quite different, but has wonderful wonderful rhythms. You know, uh, uh, and it's kind of tough to get all those words in, but uh, people love it. And I tried that the other day at the cathedral um, for the first time, and I said, "This is a Salvadoran piece," and kind of like eyes lit up. And it's like, really? And it's like, oh, that's kind of part of me, right? To, wow. to be able to to feel included. Um, this is just not from Spain. This is just not from Mexico. But now they're reaching out, you know, to Salvadoran people and different different uh, Central American, you know, people and uh, Argentinos. You know, there's some wonderful Argentinian tunes in there as well. So, no, I think. Uh, I think OCP is doing the right thing and headed in the right direction, absolutely, to be all-inclusive. Well, so when you talk about ministry as a whole, the common languages uh, would hold these communities together between Mexico, the Caribbean, and South America, Chile, and so forth. It's just the common language, the culture. Okay. And that what ties them into, so is it, uh, yeah, but our cultures. I mean, I mean, our faith okay. is so important. I mean, f- for mm-hmm. the Hispanic community, faith is is at the center of of our family life. You know, I'll tell you, Tim, that I grew up. Um, we would pray every single night, whether we wanted to or not. And you heard the moans and groans, like, "Oh, mom, right now, you know, we're in the middle of our favorite TV show." But no, and it didn't come till later, um, much later, that I I really appreciated that you know i came to appreciate look look what that did for us you know and i think many um as we know our moms and our hispanic culture are are just the center of our life the center of our faith life you know they're they're the ones who kind of instruct us not always um dads have a strong role too um but but moms in particular have a real important role in in nurturing our faith. So I would say across the board in the Hispanic culture, faith is important. Your your church, your um, you know, activity involvement in your church is is right up there, you know, with family life. With the the Catholic culture itself, is it one and the same now? It's just so embedded. And the reason I'm going to go to another question about that because I, re- I remember having the interview uh, yesterday with someone Islamic, and Islamic is spreading all over the Middle East. And my question is, uh, and I was explaining to him, I said, well, the Catholic is is so embedded in a lot of cultures, you know, within, you know, like South America and, and Mexico and so forth. Is it considered the same in one, now that culture is so embedded as being Catholic, that's part of the Hispanic culture itself? I would love to say that. (laughs) I would love to say that. And um, 
I, gosh, I would say so. You know, I would say so because, you know, who who are Hispanic families? Look at all the, um, you know, people that come to uh, for presenting their child to the church, you know, when they're mm-hmm. when they're uh, three years old, I want to present that. Well, well, nobody in the English community does that. That's kind of a, a Spanish cultural thing, and they come for their quinceañeras and special things like that. You know, and really, sometimes these aren't people that are churchgoers every Sunday, but this is part of the culture. This is kind of what we do as Hispanics, as Mexican-Americans, so, so we got to do it. You know, unfortunately, sometimes they they don't know the reasonings why we're doing it, but it is part of the culture. You know, um, my baby's three years old. I gotta present him, you know, to the church to the so you know, or, or a newborn okay. even before they're baptized. So I would say, yeah, being Catholic is is very much a part of being Hispanic. You know, that's changing. You know, reality, um, but you know, still, I think. Uh, the main part of, of who we are as Hispanics, yes, our okay. faith, our church. So I'm going to be. I mean, look at when the, look at when the Pope comes to Mexico. I mean, oh my oh, lord! Definitely. Yes, yes, it means the world to them. You know, when he's there. Uh, do you think uh, from the unchurched or? I was explaining to him yesterday. I said, I don't think Islam have a chance in Mexico and South American countries under any circumstances. I mean, I just can't see it because being Catholic is who they are, and they have right. done this for generations, and it's part of their culture. And I've seen some other cultures in the Middle East that's a lot different. You know, um, have you heard of this movie that's out right now for greater glory? It's I've, a, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet, and, and I've told myself I can't see any other movie until I go see this one. You know, I've been invited, let's go see this. Nope, I haven't seen For, for Greater Glory. And I, I've made this pact with myself to, to see it because it's all about that, you know, when when they were threatening, you know, religious freedom in Mexico and, and there's, there's this uprising, you know, they're threatening our faith. And, um, you know, they put their lives on the line for their faith. And I think people would do that all over again, Tim. That's how important wow. our faith is to us. Absolutely. Before we before we take a station break real quick, I'm going to play one of your songs. How to get uh, – I had a pastor ask me this question just a few weeks ago. He said, how can I get the Hispanic community to come out for Holy Days of Obligation? Because he's trying to make it into a vigil. And he said, well, I have to do bilingual because I, I can't get them out. Any advice do you have for him? Uh, I say I will ask. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, sometimes it's him? a matter. Excuse me. Sometimes it's a matter of, um, you know, what time are you having that celebration? Is it really feasible for them? You know, they're a working community. Sometimes they work at odd hours, so you know, it's not a bad idea to to pose a question to them. You know, survey them. What's good? We have a, a Circulo Hispano, which is kind of like this Hispanic organization uh, for the parish. Mm-hmm. We would definitely ask them. You know, what's best for you? And and push it through the, you know, organizations at the parish. Say, you know, we're not going to have a meeting this day because it's a holy day of obligation. So we're not having any meetings. We're all going to church. You know, make it a priority. If it's a holy day of obligation, we're going to be together where we need to be, which is at at the Eucharist. Um, Mm -hmm. I I would push it that way, you know, through the organizations at least. Um, Start there, making sure that Mm -hmm. all who are – involved in your church um you know organizations know that it's a holy day of obligation and and they're coming to mass 
Perfect. We're going to take a session break, and we're going to listen to one of your pieces. So you, we have three pieces, so okay. I'm going to give you your choice, which one you want to talk about, and tell us the story behind it. <laughs> Why don't we do uh, – do you have Mi Alma Glorifica? Uh, they, gave, they gave me three. So they got uh, Espiritos, or El Dos de Luz, El Dos Creator. Um, o Dios crea en mí. Is that one? Uh, uh, C-R-E is abbreviated. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, sure, we'll does. Do okay, great. So, tell us sure. about the story. Well, basically, um, I have the honor of, of working with such wonderful composers, and, and they ask me to, to sing on their albums, on their, oops, on their CDs. <laughs> Still calling them albums. Um, and one of the composers that I've had the uh, pleasure of, of working with and, and helping out is Eliazar Cortez. And Eliazar wrote this piece. It's, it's Psalm 51, O Lord, create in me a clean heart. And um, so I intone it, and it's, of course, a psalm for, for the Lenten season. Um, so it gets a lot of use. And that's been a really popular song that has, has taken off. Many people know it. Many people use it. Um, and I've just really connected. I think the melody is well written, um, and people just kind of connect with that one. I, I do get to sing uh, on this piece with with Rudy Lopez. I know you talked to Rudy earlier, um, so it's just one of the m- more well-known pieces that that I have recorded. But it's a piece from Elias Cortez. Okay, no problem. We're gonna take a break and go ahead and play this tune. Wonderful. We'll be back Thanks. in a moment. Thanks. Oh, 
Um, so I kind of feel like, oh, good, you know, they're they're doing the composing and and I will do the singing. <laughs> there you go. That that's a good combination, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when it comes to uh, uh, music itself, you know, we all had to be in this situation. We had to compose because we don't have something that's mm-hmm. missing. And like for example, the the Great Easter Proclamation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, somebody has one written. I think it's two it's arrangements. That's bubbling. Yeah, I think Jaime yeah, has Hame one. Yeah, Hame has yeah. one, yeah. and I Hame think one other uh, pers- person. I can't think of offhand because I've just uh, that has one as well. And you run into those situations that you had to have something, and uh-huh. it's like, oh my gosh, I need <laughs> a revised yeah. edition, and um, and it's just missing. And when you have those type of situation or some that something just doesn't fit, and you need to do your own, tell us about that writing experience. You had this need, you had to get this done, and then yeah. you just end up producing it yourself. You know what it is? Um, well, I have this, these simple criteria it has to be uh you know something very singable easy for the assembly mm-hmm. to sing um okay. memorable wouldn't it be great if they're humming that tune on their way out um so that's kind of what i try to to think about something that's easy singable you know in their range um yet you know depending on the text of the psalm you know what kind of psalm is it you know that's kind of the mood i would like to present in in the style of writing that that i have so um, that's that's pretty much key for me. Is it is it singable uh, for the assembly? It's definitely, we have to have that dialogue in in a in a responsorial song. Wow! Tell us about your experience there at the cathedral uh, uh, when you decided to take over, and what's the cathedral? What is it like being at the cathedral? Uh, cathedral? Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the cathedral, but it's this magnificent uh, building alongside the 101 freeway um, in downtown Los Angeles. It has this awesome architecture, and and inside it has these wonderful uh, tapestries of you know saints, and it has these beautiful alabaster windows, and it's it just has become um, a place that we can all call home. You know, in in the archdiocese of Los Angeles, we have I believe 287 parishes, masses said in 42 different languages. I think this is just a place that that links everybody together. Um, a place, like I said, uh, a cultural center. You know, it's just a place for us to come together and call it home. Mm-hmm. It's quite impressive. You know, it seats something like 3,000 people. And believe it or not, it's full every Sunday. Wow! At the Spanish Mass, it is full, and people come from all over the place, um, all over Los Angeles. Um, and every Sunday, they're asking, "Who are the people that are here for the first time?" And every Sunday, we get you know minimum fifty people standing up that are there for the first time. Um, so I think it's a very welcoming place as well. Um, they they do a very good good job of of welcoming people. So it's been a joy for me. I've been there now um, a year directing the Spanish choir, and it's it's been a joy to do that. Absolutely. Wow. How do you go about picking your music for your parish? For my parish, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. we have. I've been doing music here at my parish for my goodness, 20, over twenty five years. So we mm-hmm. have a 
quite a, an impressive list of a repertoire. But we, you know, we have the Breaking Bread hymnals, and we also use um, Spirit and Song, and we also use Floricanto. So we, you know, we see what what's in our repertoire. I I'm not one that goes around changing music a, a whole lot, um, um, because I want them to be able to be familiar with the songs. But of course, we do learn the new pieces that because there's such wonderful new new music that's written. Um, but you know, of course, we look and we sit down and we look at the readings. Um, you know, what what are they calling us to? Um, very important for me that liturgy, you know, should take us somewhere. I love what the documents say that you know it should be calling us to to charity, to justice, and to evangelization when we walk out those doors. So I love text that that is you know that kind of says that that takes us beyond our church doors. So I love finding pieces like that. Wow. Yeah. We're going to take another break and we're going to go play another track. So now you got a choice of two. Okay, let's do um, Mi alma glorifica. Okay, uh, let's see. Is it Espiritus? The other or, one. Okay. Yeah, the other one. Okay. <laughs> okay, the other one. Okay. Thanks, Tim. We're going to play the other one. So take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Excellent. Powerful piece. I don't like the melody. That, the music is it's so pretty. It is a beautiful melody. That's not the one I actually thought you were going to do. I was expecting Mi alma glorifica al Señor, but um, <laughs> so I was well, a tell us about this one. That one. <laughs> I don't know that one. 
Oh, they just send let, us let three. Let me tell you so. about Mi Alma Glorifica because that's the one I really wanted you to play. Okay. Um, Mi Alma Glorifica is, is basically uh, Mary's song, you know, Canticle of Mary the Magnificat. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. piece arranged by um, or written by Jaime Cortez. And I chose this one because, um, you know, I wanted you to play because I just identify so so much with it. Um, Mary as, as our role model, you know, uh, who just gave her all, you know, opened uh, opened herself to, to whatever it was that, that God was asking for her. So um, the Magnificat for me to sing it, I just make this very strong connection. And Jaime wrote this beautiful piece. I'm just going to sing a little bit for you so you kind of get the idea. It's a very contemporary style of writing. Mi alma glorifica al Señor y mi espíritu se llena de júbilo en Dios mi Salvador porque puso sus ojos en la humildad de su esclava mi alma Glorifica al Señor. And it just has this wonderful arrangement, um, some wonderful background vocals and stuff. So that was the one I was hoping you were you were gonna um play, oh. but that's okay. At least you yeah. got to hear it a little bit. <laughs> well, thank you. I think I got a better presentation. <laughs> the live. Color. <laughs> live uh, Hollis, one of my friends, Hollis Chapman, uh he's another host on here on on the network, you say, what a great voice. Thank you, Oh, Alice. thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, you know what? It, I think that when when you find a song that the text means so much to you, it, it's almost like it's written for you, and you connect with, with the lyrics. The text means so much to you. Um, you just sing it, you know, with all your heart, with all your soul. And this is one of those pieces that I thank Jaime so much for allowing me to sing this song and and to present it on on his CD um because it's it's a precious tune and and Mary is precious to us and to be able to transmit that I think um that's the beauty of of being a an artist a singer is to be able to communicate um not only the message but how you feel how you feel about Mary and and, wow. and how difficult it must have been to be in her shoes you know um but anyways, that was one of my favorite tunes, and so I just thought I'd share a little bit with you. <laughs> That's off no of problem. Jaime's album called Adviento. There you go. Now, yeah. question real quick. Uh, before we end, uh, uh-huh. if there's a song to describe who you are, if you can leave that with us before we go. But before then, kind of tell us why Mary is so important to the Hispanic culture. Well, I had told you that Mothers in general are important, you know, kind of, um, yeah, don't mess with mama, you know. <laughs> mama is everything. Mama is who, who gave you life. Mama uh, sacrificed so much for you. And so we just hold her in such high esteem. And here is Mary um, who gave her all, you know, for, for Jesus. Did, didn't know what what was coming, what was going to happen, but, but she trusted she trusted God, and my mom had this wonderful devotion to Mary. And unlike many Mexican mothers, um, it wasn't to Our Lady of Guadalupe. It was to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And wow. well, 
doesn't it make sense? You know, you have nine kids. Of course you'll need perpetual help. <laughs> You're going to need that and some. <laughs> you know? And so I kind of acquired that same love for Mary, in particular, you know, Mary, um, Our Lady of Perpetual Help, because it's almost contagious, you know? Mom has this devotion, and so do we. Um, and, and I see her, when I see an image of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, who's the first person I think of? It's my mom. It's her. And my mom was a saint, honestly. She she mm-hmm. just was this beautiful person. Like I said, she she sacrificed everything. She sacrificed it for us, for her children, as did Mary, the mother of God, sacrificed everything for, for Jesus, her son. So how can we not but lift her up and, you know, just honor her for everything that, that she did, for, for who she is? Wow, that's that's really amazing. <laughs> In closing, what you want to leave us with, and if there's a song to describe who you are, uh, if you can talk, not really talk about that song, just tell us what that song would be. I think you, I think you heard it, um, "O Dios Crean Me." I love that mm-hmm. song because um, we're constantly um, faced with with temptation. We're, we're constantly surrounded by, you know. Um, things that can take us from Christ, you know, pull us away, um, and we fall, and we are constantly in need of, of being lifted up, and we have this great God of whose mercy is, is unendless, you know, it's, it's, it's endless, I'm sorry, it's endless, and so what does that psalm say, create in me a clean heart, God, I know I'm a sinner, I've fallen, and yet you keep picking me up time and time again, so... Um, just because God's mercy is so great. I I love that song, and and like I said, the way Eliasad wrote it, I was just able to empty myself in that melody and really pray that text. And I think um, people who know that song and sing that song feel the same way. You could just really surrender yourself to, to that text. Oh, God created me a clean heart. I'm a sinner. We all are sinners. Um, yet your love is, is an ending and, and your mercy right? it's an ending for us so so thank God for that and that's one of my favorite pieces I hope you enjoy it you enjoyed it too I will, thank you so much for spending thank a little bit more than in 30 minutes thank <laughs> you for sharing all your knowledge and your wisdom with us and Thanks sharing for having me. these 55 minutes with us Thank you. Take care. Muchas gracias. Okay. <laughs> Muchas gracias right. back. Take care. <laughs> okay. okay. God bless. Bye-bye. Again, again, this has been another production of the Core Business Show. I'm Tim J.K., your host. Thank you all for listening, and you can download this episode on iTunes and Block Talk Radio. Everybody take care. Have a great day, and uh, happy summer. Thank you for listening to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to the core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.